Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church, and with me are Adam and Heather. And um, I want to continue the discussion about protecting your sobriety that we did on the last episode. Um, and I love that term, by the way, because protecting your sobriety, when you think of protecting something, you think of, this is important, I need to like keep it safe. Um, uh, so we were talking last episode about holiday parties and interactions, but I wanted to talk more about, um, especially now, holiday parties are still happening, but more about people who are stressing over, I don't have enough money to, to do Christmas stuff for the family mm -hmm. or to take the family anywhere yeah. or to have a Christmas meal or I lost my job or I lost all the money gambling, whatever the case is. Um, so it's more the emotional stress, the uh, yeah, emotional stress. It's not like, hey, I'm just not going to go to that party because I'm not ready. It's more of this is going to be with me. Period. So what can people do in those kind of situations when they're trying to deal with like that emotional stress from those emotional type of things? Well, for me, <laughs> sorry. Um, you know, the emotional stress for me at the holidays can be overwhelming. You know, um, Adam and I are very blessed and have a lot of gratitude. This Christmas, we were able to get gifts for our family and and be able to have a Christmas for his mom, my mom, and his daughter, and Peyton Dawn and that. But, um, you know, I can remember my first sober Christmas. I had no job. I had very little, no money. And I had to move back home at 28, 27 and a half, 28 years old with my parents. And um, I couldn't contribute anything to the meal, to anything, you know. And, you know, I just kept saying, you know, I didn't believe in God fully at that point. I was still new and learning my journey. And I just kept saying, higher power, please guide me. Help me get through this. Because for me, emotional pain is the worst. Like, that will... I shut down mentally, physically, and I've seen a lot of people shut down to the point that they'll go out and drink or they'll go out and gamble, you know, like I'm already feeling like crap. I'll yeah. just do it. Yeah. And I had to come and realize, like, I had to rely on the family I had at that point, which was only my mom and dad. Like everybody else, I had burned so many bridges that I had relatives that didn't even walk on the same side of the street as I did you know wow. but I and then you know I got through that and then like after I moved out my first Christmas in my first you know place by myself like I had a little Charlie Brown Christmas tree on a table okay there's nothing wrong with that I have and, one in my office so. <laughs> that was my Christmas tree yeah. yeah I mean that was that was it you know and I had to go to um I was with you know, my first husband at the time, and we had to go to food banks to get enough food to feed two grandchildren that were coming Christmas Day. And, you know, we had to get, like, they even provided toys and stockings, 
you know, because we had nothing, you know. And, like, you know, I, it's hard. You know, Christmas is hard for me. Like, my dad's been gone five years, and um, he was Christmas, you know. The last picture I have of me and him and matching blingy light necklaces and drove my mother crazy. She wanted to burn them, and, you know, and she, we just had this conversation. She said, I would give anything for that again. So let me... Let me get to you in a second, but let me just to harp on that. So what was your, because I know you said your first sober Christmas, but what was your first Christmas without your dad like? Because that can be re-triggering for some right, people. The first, oh, I've gone through all this, but now I'm doing it without. Yeah, the first Christmas without my dad was rough, you know, because we had, um, there's a thing called the empty chair, the empty place at the table, you know. And what my mom and I did, we set the table for Christmas, and we, his neighbor bought him a, a recliner ornament that had his name on it, and she never got to give it to him because he had passed away before that. So we put his plate with the ornament on top of the plate, and my mom and I both shared one of our favorite memories mm. about my dad at Christmas. But it's tough. I mean, I, you know, I, I try to remember the good memories, you know, but the first, like, People say, well, once you get through the first holiday, it's easy. No. You have your first Christmas. Like, this is the fifth Christmas with Autumn, and it still hurts today like it did the year it happened. But I have other family and friends now, and, you know, I I share about it. Like, I talk about the memories. I talk about how the dog licked the back end of the turkey right before Christmas dinner, you know, and he told... My mom, oh, just serve it to the in-laws we don't like. Serve that side to them, you know. I mean, just <laughs> they'll never know. <laughs> I mean, that was my dad, you know. <laughs> like, um, but, I mean, so sharing those stories. The it helps, they can yeah. Help, yeah. Help. And, and I think, you know, like at the end of the day, I can't get depressed. It won't bring them back. Hmm. I can't drink over it. it. That won't surely solve anything. So I, and it I, wouldn't honor no, all that he did for right. you. Right, you know. And I do, sometimes you do, like, I sent cards to recovering military personnel in a hospital. My dad was in the Navy. So that's a way I can honor him and think of him, and it takes some of that hurt away. How you doing, Pastor Floyd? Good, how are you, man? I am truly blessed. Great to be here. So my my first sober Christmas, um, basically, I was going through divorce. Uh, I ended up moving back to my mom's house at the age of 45. Okay, which is quite humbling, you know, um, because here I am, a grown man. I've raised my children, you know. And living under her roof yet again, she's set in her ways, I'm set in my ways, and can't help but butt heads, you know? Yeah. Um, as Heather said, I, I, I didn't have money, you know? I was very worried about, oh, what am I going to, what am I, how, how am I going to make Christmas happen? How am I going to make it? How am I, me, how, well, how am I going to make Christmas happen for my mom, for my daughter, you know, um, for my aunt, my cousin, 
you know, and uh, emotionally, I understand that that can be a, a trigger that could send you back out in a heartbeat, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, basically, I was I was brought up. Um, everybody gets a gift on Christmas. Um, I, I came I came from third base, you know, and what I mean by that is um, my my parents owned their own business and um, we were pretty pretty well, you know, financially we were okay. Um, so it really it really was a slap in the face. Uh, to not be able to provide financially, okay? Um, and at that point, you know, I just had I just had to turn I just had to turn to my prayers. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I really I, I was on the journey, but I was very young in my recovery as I am now, but uh I just had to ask something someone greater than me please help me get through this you know yeah. help me not to be so materialistic because you know the best things don't cost a penny you know the best things are you know being able to spend time with your mother who's still alive oh, okay so yeah um you know, Heather and I both, uh, we went through some losses this year, okay? And we are getting ready to have a Christmas dinner here um, this weekend. Sunday night. Yeah, and it's um, it's going to be different because my, my aunt is not going to be there. And her and my mother were inseparable, you know? Um, so with that, I, you know... I truly understand how how somebody can go and and drink over that, you know. But at this point in time in my life, personally, I can sit down, I can have a discussion with my mom, you know, and I can have a discussion with Heather. And I, I feel like just talking it out works. So prayer worked for you. Yeah. Talking it out um, worked for you. Sharing memories um, of the people you lost worked. Um, let's talk about some practical things because, um, like you guys said, hey, there's that struggle to how do I provide? How do I do the the and it might be late in the game for some, but uh, there's a friend of mine named Mark. He's another pastor. We do a, mm-hmm. another podcast. We were talking about the fact that don't be for people not to be ashamed to go hit up all the toy free toy things. Yes, right. go to the food banks. Go to the food banks. I can't say this for every food bank. Uh, I, I used to volunteer at the one in West Elizabeth, and then I started volunteering at the one in uh, Elizabeth. Um, they have a lot of food. I mean, yeah. And, yeah. and especially during the holidays, they, they do that. And that. if you, there's so many resources, like there's a church, um, 
our girlfriend Melissa, she mm. has a, she her and her husband have a church in McKeesport, and they do an outreach, and they provide a Christmas dinner. They provide food. They have a food pantry. Yeah. You know, uh, for me, it was swallowing my pride and ego. You know, and swallowing that pride and ego to say, hey, I need help. I need food. You know, and to go to a, you know, people think, oh, you go to a food bank, you're lower than scum. You're not. No, you're, you're, you're actually very smart. You mm-hmm. have, mm-hmm. I mean, we, like Adam and I, we, we've been to the food pantries. We've had to. I mean, you know, and the one year, you know, I went to a food bank, like I said, and it wasn't like you're not going to get a ham and a turkey and all the sides. But, you, like, we got a nice a turkey breast and got some sides. And, like, we were able to pull a dinner together for five people. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then, like, my girlfriend's dad worked at a bakery. And he donated day-old baked goods. Brought them, you know. And there's so many toy drives and there's so many, like... So, so many. So, I, mean, I mean, so many that I, no child should not have a uh, gift. Should not no, have a gift. No. Right. There are too many options available. Correct. And all it takes is a little bit of your time right. to make it happen. And call different register. organizations, different churches. Churches do angel trees, yeah. you know? Um, a friend of mine, um, he's come here from time to time. He messaged me on, I want to say it was Wednesday, and was like, hey, we're giving out toys at Walmart. Do you want to come sign up? And I guess they were working with the Will Allen Foundation, which all you had to do was register, and then they would take each kid, mm. uh, and they had up to $200 to buy gifts for people in their family. Wonderful. You know, so kids would go in there, and they were buying gifts for their moms and their sisters and for my Aunt Susie and, and whatever. Um, so there's, there's so many people willing to give so many resources almost every fire hall police station does a toy drive uh, to where no child should be without a gift (laughs) there there are so many resources and i know food wise some of the food banks uh what they do now is and granted a lot of the money is drying up because everything is skyrocketing yes but they used to just say hey we can't give you a turkey or a ham but here's a 25 dollar gift card correct giant eagle or whatever store. Right. Uh, and then here's all the other food that we can give you, and you can go buy it. And mm-hmm. shameless plug, but if you're listening to this and you have nowhere to go, Wagner's Restaurant is doing a free buffet for anyone. Uh, I know Glenn has said it's for people who are alone, who can't afford to put food on the table. Uh, maybe they're alone. Maybe they're family. They're, they're dealing with that struggle. Um, and I know last year when they did it, uh, normally you go into a restaurant, you guys would sit by yourself. If I walk in by myself, I would sit by myself. Sure. Uh, but there were some people, as they came in, they were like, hey, Floyd, you're by yourself. Would you mind sitting with someone? And they would have already Wonderful. asked, when you guys were seated, hey, if we have someone that needs to be seated, are you okay if we sit them with you? So no one was alone. Um, and I know Glenn said specific people, but I'm like, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> if you If you can afford it, but guess what? You're just getting off work off a 12-hour shift, and you just don't want to, you know, have time to cook or whatever. Go, um, grab your family and say, "I'm not cooking. We're we're, we're just going to go here." And there were families that showed up. Uh, so there are so many options available. 
for people. Yeah. And I got way off track. I think the hard part with all of that is your pride and ego for me. It is hard. Absolutely. You know, I, agree I with mean, that. you know, like the first time Adam and I, we had to come to a decision about going to our first food bank. And, you know, he was like, I can't walk in there. I'm like, yeah, you can. We have to feed our, you know, you have to. And, you know, we don't have, by the grace of God, we don't have to do that anymore. But, like, it's amazing with the resources, you know. And if you could just ask God to guide you, get rid of your pride and ego and the humiliation you think you're going to feel, and just go in there and be like, I need help. And let me share this, that if you feel like, hey, this is just a you issue because of whatever recovery thing that you're dealing with, it's not. Right. Yeah. There are people, I had to deal with it when I lost my job, mm-hmm. and I was afraid to tell anyone in my congregation that I had lost my job, and I was struggling financially, and um, they actually yelled at me for doing that, but yeah, uh, there are people who will come around and help you, and there are people who deal with this every single day, you're not the only one, and I had to, I, I, I was too prideful, I didn't want to tell people who, you know, um, some of them, I had helped get them jobs, and now I'm without a job, and I want to tell them that, hey, you know what, I, I can't afford to pay my life bill. But there are people, which brings me to this topic, there are people that will help you if you reach out to them, because you brought up something last time talking about the we. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that strong support group of people, um, well, I'm going to let you define it, because... I might be misdefining it wrong, so I'll let you define it. As we speak about our we, our we is anyone who who I go and get their number, who I see at meetings. My sponsor was very stern about, you're at this meeting, you need to get three numbers. Okay, I can do that. You know, and then the next meeting. Well, remember, him and I were going to meetings six, seven days a week, so that's at least at least eighteen, twenty-one numbers. But when you go and ask for their number, do they know it's to be a part of the we? Sure. They you know ask, why you're asking. Absolutely. Or you ask them, hey, I like what you've said. I like what you do. I'm struggling, would I be able to take your number? Because I heard you speak and you talked about family division, you talked about death, you talk, whatever that connection was with you, if I'm struggling tomorrow with that, can I call you? Right. So another question, is it always going to be someone who's also in recovery? It doesn't have to be. Okay. I mean... You recommend it for your, you know, for people in recovery, you know, get your weed, get people that can relate. But like, you know, I'm 24 years of recovery. Adam's coming up on three. We've branched out a little bit. Like, I consider you and Christina part of my we. You know, there it's somebody that you love and trust that you. I could call at two in the morning. Hey, I'm 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 broke. I'm crying, I'm on the verge of, I either want to drink or I want to go do something, I need help, you know, and not finance, you know, but I mean, it could be for anything, it could be, hey, I'm stranded somewhere, I need help, you know, it's just somebody that you feel comfortable with that'll talk you off the ledge. 
Okay. Absolutely. So, when you're establishing that, is there is there like a limit? I know you said like each meeting go get at least three people. Is there a limit? Like I need at least ten solid people, or is there is it just I don't know. In my eyes, personally, the way that I feel about that situation is anybody who is in the program is going to understand what we're talking about, about having a we, you know. Um, I have plenty of numbers. I, my phone <laughs> is full of AA numbers, you know, uh, a lot. Yeah. And at any time that I'm struggling, like Heather said, I can just scroll, hit it, and talk. And if they answer, then I'll, you know, I will talk and say, you know, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what, this is what, ha what's happening in my life, you know. And even, even if they, if they can't really relate, they're there to talk to, and they're there to, you know. Okay, let's handle this. Let's. Mm -hmm. uh, where do we go from here? Because obviously, the answer is not at the bottom of a bottle. Right. Period. You know. Or at the gambling track, or right. you know. Right. And two, like, <clears throat> you want somebody like obviously, you know, you have to use caution too, because we're not all here to recover and get well. You know, some of us are just here to get the wipe off or, or whatever. And you could give your somebody, you might want somebody's number, but they're living with the drug dealer. Or they're having an extramarital affair. Or they're gambling their paycheck away. And they're going to give you the advice that they're doing. You know, so sometimes it's they, they tell you to be cautious. Like, you know, who you can, like if you yeah. want to stay clean and sober, sure. you're not going to go to the girl that lives with the drug dealer. There's a woman that works at a bar every night. Right, yeah. yeah. There's a saying in AA that oh, they tell you to surround yourself with the winners. You know, obviously the definition of a winner to me is somebody that has extended period of time, you know, who you can look at. I want, I want what he has. Yeah. yeah. Or I want, she I want has. To, I want to do what they're doing. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I, I love when people, I have men and women in my we, you know, and it's, I don't have men in my we because I want to, no, because they have something I want. You know, this one guy, he's a mutual friend, Jack McKee. He's got about 40, 30 years, 35. Just broke that anonymity. Well, 30, you know, and, um, <laughs> he has seen me at my absolute worst. He helped my dad get sober. He helped me get sober. Now he he's tough. I mean he you know, but at the end of the day, he'll reach out to the person across from him that's hungry, dirty, shaken from from DTs whatever, has no money for nothing, and he will sit down, hand you a cup of coffee, hold your hand, and say, just believe. Hmm. You and can the, get through this. And the type of guy that he is, <laughs> <laughs> he texts me every, every morning at 6 a.m. on a dot, hmm. you know, 
just a little, you know, um, inspirational, yeah. you know. And he's he's the ace in the hole. Like he's he's in my way, obviously. But I'm just saying he's you know I mean he's a great guy. And you know whatever whether it's gambling, drink, whatever your addiction is, and people are recovering from it, you will be amazed when and how these people will show up in your life. Hmm. When my father passed away, my mom couldn't believe it. She's like, who are all these people? I said, Mom, that's AA. It was people from meetings, people from my we. There was people that showed up that didn't even know me, but they knew my dad. And they just came for support, you know. So let me ask this question, because you said, like, the people who are uh, in the program, they'll understand this concept, they'll know it. What about when you're asking people who are not in the program? They have no idea. Um, how do you... How, how does that type of conversation go um, like, to say, like, hey, uh, I don't know. How, how, would, how would that conversation go? How would you? Like if I was approaching a normal person, you know, that's not in recovery, you know, say, like, anybody, you know, and I would say, listen, you know, I'm a, and I'm not ashamed. I'll put it out. I'm a recovering alcoholic, you know. I'm mm-hmm. coming up on t- you know, whatever, and if I need help, like if we're out somewhere, we're at dinner, we're at a moot, whatever, and if I get the urge, I want to be able to talk to you and just tell you how I'm feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. and if they're like a good friend of mine or we, you know, have known each other, then nine times out of ten, I'm confident they'll be like, okay, Heather, call your sponsor, you know, what can I do to help you, you know, and like a lot of the people I hang out with that aren't in the program, they respect it. Mm-hmm. Like if we go out to lunch, like today I went out to lunch with some my mom and a and a lady friend. I mean we were at Eaton Park, not that there's any alcohol, but like I've gone out to Olive Garden and they don't even mention getting wine with their dinner or anything, you know. And the only reason I ask that is because um, the concept you're describing, I've heard of. I've never heard of that term mm-hmm. before, and um, I had someone that that said that to me, uh, well, they didn't say it the way you said. They actually said it way after the fact, uh-huh. because I'm one of the people. I, I don't answer my phone that often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, um, I mean, you guys have messaged me, and it's like... Three days later. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's just who I am. So I felt bad that they had that expectation of me, because I would have told them, okay, but <laughs> make me the not the first call. Right. <laughs> Or maybe call me first and then have someone else, a couple other people you're going to call. Because I just mm-hmm. am not good at answering my phone. But they never had that conversation right. with me. Right. So they just got upset every right. time I would call back hours later right. or the next day and be like, hey, how's it going? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, I knew nothing about it. And I that. tell that to women that want me for support or and like, I, I don't live on my phone. You know, like, if I'm in the shower, I don't take my phone in the shower with me. You know, if I'm in bed, it's on the nightstand. You know, if you call me at 2 in the morning, you're not going to get me because I'll be asleep, you know. Because, like, a lot of people are like, well, you have to be available. What if I drink at 2 in the morning? Call me at midnight before you do it, you know, because you know before you pick up that drink or that drug or whatever, you're going to do it. 
But, you know, I had to learn you have to have balance. You can't have... You can't be up 24 hours a day in case that phone's going to ring. Yeah, yeah. But if you can take that call or that message, then I'm 100% in. What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the sun and it made you mad today, you know? And lately, like, you know, my anxiety, you know, anxiety plays a part in it, you know. I didn't know I had anxiety until I stopped drinking because I masked it with the alcohol. You know, and then when I got sober, it was like my nerves come out of my fingers, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, that that makes sense, hopefully. I mean, this is probably something that anyone who's listening. Well, I should not say that. There may be some people listening who haven't even taken that first step. And this may encourage them to get help and support network that they need. Um, so... Any other thoughts on that before I switch topics? No. Nope. I just want to say you are not alone. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go at this by yourself. You know. And that's probably something that somebody needed to hear uh, that thought, I can't do this on my own. And right. that just may be enough to help them reach out, get help, or, or show up here, or, or whatever the case is. But... Which brings me to the next topic. Um, I'll tell Heather when she walked in that I've been praying through ministries and stuff that we want to do for 2024. But also, when I do that, I pray through and ask, well, we don't have as many ministries now, but I ask people, hey, do you still want to do the ministries that you're doing? So is this something you guys still feel like you want to do, the the uh, Absol- life recovery small group? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Um, and then I'll ask, because some people may be like, you know what? If you'll have us. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I just I just want to make sure it's something. I don't want you guys to be like, we could have <laughs> stopped in you know November, but. <laughs> no, uh, so, I mean, I. No, it's, it's amazing. Okay. It's amazing what takes place. Okay. At that table. Oh. And it's amazing what takes place at our dining room table. Absolutely. Because we Absolutely. do we do the less you know ahead of time, and we got our version of it. But then like when you hear the other people, you know, and it, it it's just. Okay. Which brings me to the other thing. <laughs> it, well, that's the the small group. Are you guys still interested in doing the podcast? Is that something you guys? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Okay. Yes. I just want to make sure because I don't. Again, I don't want you to be like another episode. I thought we were done with this. We could have been done last year, but no, okay. no. Um, I got the gift of gab, so we can oh, keep it going. Because again, for sure. Um, I don't think I looked today. I looked on Tuesday. Okay. It was actually not the last one you did. The one before that. Uh huh. That was like in the top five for the last 30 days. So Excellent. people are still listening and interested Fantastic. and you're still helping people. Uh, but which brings me to this, because I know we've kind of round tables, not round table, but talked about like ideas that you guys can do mm-hmm. um, for your small group. Um, and we had talked about obviously to like doing like a Friendsgiving meal right. for Thanksgiving. Um, is that something you guys still... Absolutely. I know, I know we're, we're 12 months away. Right. <laughs> just throwing it out there. That's yeah. something you guys are still interested in. Because that's yes. something probably 
I'll put on my radar to. Sure. Yeah, I would love to do guys. something like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that okay. would be um, amazing. Another thing was, and I don't know how this would work, but would you guys be interested in doing? And this may be something. Well, each of those things where you can ask your small group because you guys may say, "Yeah, let's do it," and they're like, "No, we're not interested." <laughs> um, would you guys be interested in doing something for? Easter, that Thursday before Easter, some kind of absolutely, yeah, Maundy Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't have anything thought out, but maybe something with, I don't know. We'll see if the praise team can come in and do some songs. If not, some videos. Um, you guys can share and lead rather than me up there preaching. You guys share and lead because. None of these people that, that come to your small group know me. Right. It's you guys that they know and trust right. and love. Yeah. So uh, you guys can share and lead. And then we can do communion or something. Um, Fantastic. Something, I mean, yeah. You could actually run it by them and say, what do you guys want to look like? Well, I'm just right. tossing sure. out ideas uh, for things that will, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like because. Or meet and greet. Yeah. You know? Or. or Anything. I feel like, especially because you've already cemented in that, not a religious, but this is a, a Jesus thing. It's right. a big part of what you're doing. Um, how to kind of, without saying, hey, we want you guys to come to our church too. You know, like right. that's, it's not, hey, if you come to our small group, you got to come to our church. Not, but right. if you come to the small group, we can bring part of that church experience to, to you. To you, to see why we right. love it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they get an understand. And some of them may already go to church somewhere. That's fine. Um, but just make that a. a yeah, a I would love to do, do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm good with that. Me too. Absolutely. I would love for you to join us some Thursday. To come down and, you know... Oh, yeah, I don't mind. Usually, um, I'm either A, asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old and I'm not going to lie. I'm not ashamed. Not ashamed of that at all. In your PJs. No yeah, I, 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 I am. Um, I have actually worried about that sometimes. So I'm like, it's 6.15. Should I be putting on my pajamas? Some days I'm still in them at 6.15. Yeah, I'm like, what if something happens and someone could knock on the door and they're like, dude, it's 6.15. Why are you in your pajamas? But um, if I'm not in my pajamas and if Christy's home, because sometimes she's late. Uh, tonight she actually just got home right before I came down. So that's good. I'm going to hang out with her. Or some nights I do a live Q&A. Right. On TikTok, where I just answer questions about the Bible, which is what I'm probably going to do tonight, because there's a lot of people mm. who have a misunderstanding about Christmas. So I know. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> bone of contention. <laughs> but um, so over the next, because you guys have well, actually Easter is in March. Right. Oh, March, okay. In the March, I think. I don't remember if it's last week in the March or the next last week. I mean, I know it's in the March, but. Uh, you guys have time, but after the new year, somewhere mid-January-ish, we'll start. you can ask for people, hey, would you guys like to do, or when Lent starts, that's a reasonable time to start, because then that's like a trigger. Yeah. Lent, 40, day, 40 days. Yep. 40 days. Yeah, 40 days out, enough weeks to ask them, hey, you guys interested, and to put something, something together. We can always have food yep, of some sort. We can sort. always have food. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Do something, yeah. And another idea. <laughs> this is more Glenn. Uh, he, he's, he's reminded me of some stuff that I keep forgetting. 
because mm. I'll say, oh, I'm praying about doing this. And then I'll pray about it and pray about it and then just forget about it. Mm. And I had mentioned during one of the prayer live streams of doing an event um, called Meet, Men Eating and Talking, where just... It, You're good at all of that. Just, yeah, just, it, we don't have to pray because, you know, men pray, uh, pray together. We don't have to talk about our feelings. Look, just get together, hang out, talk, fellowship, food. If it goes in a how can we pray for you direction, great. If it ends up staying in a why do the Steelers keep sucking place, great. <laughs> if it ends up in a let's pray for the Steelers, <laughs> great. Wow. But whatever it goes to. And Glenn, from, I, this months ago, I, I prayed about this. And um, I think last week, Glenn said, hey, so what's going on with meat? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you know, men eating and, and talking. You said, you, he said, my restaurant is freely open if you guys want to meet here and do it here. And I'm like, wow. There you go. Let's that do would it. Be awesome. I'm, I'm ready. And even that, so even though I don't want you guys to feel like your small group is separated, because we would invite the men from there to come to um, and to not leave the ladies out, I asked the ladies that do our mom's podcast to do a mom's eating and talking. Moms of any age. Moms are moms. And uh, what about grandmas? We're still mom. Okay. Yeah. And moms <laughs> of any age. Yeah. So uh, they wouldn't feel like left mm. out. Yeah. So, uh, so there would be that aspect too. And I don't know, women, men, whoever you have in your group, they're always welcome to any of the things we throw together. But those are just some ideas of things to throw out. Um, I don't know. You guys can pray on it and sounds good. Flush it out and 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 if you guys have ideas of can we do this, can we do that, can we do this? And I think you're probably seeing the same problem that I see. We come up with ideas, but we're like, oh, it's probably too late to do this now. <laughs> yeah. But next year, yeah. the yep. thing is to remember for next yeah. year yeah. to write it down. Yeah. So I have a long list of like oh. stuff that I'm trying to pray through and do for next year. And one of the things I love doing, whether it be, you know, in a way to help you guys and your small group or any of the small groups or any ministry, is if it's low cost, um, then there's no reason not to do it. Right. I mean, it's not it's not, not something where we're like, hey, church, we got to raise, you know, $5,000 to do this event. No, this is, uh, we just got to show up. <laughs> Right. That's really that's the only thing that sure. stops us from doing. So most of the things that I'll try to come up with are low cost um, and low human cost, meaning we don't need 50 volunteers right. to make any of the things we discussed happen. We just need a couple of people and all those things can happen. So, um, yeah, uh, if you guys have any ideas, things that are going to help make, um, and this isn't about growth. It's not about, like, get more people to attend your thing, mm. although that would be ideal because you're helping more people. It's about um, how can we just help the people that are coming right. uh, make their experience better and expand their experience. And I don't mean better, meaning, like, you're not doing great. You're doing wonderful. But how can we expand the experience and give them more, if that makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Okay. All right. All right any other...
thoughts, comments, or questions? I just have one quick comment yeah. that popped into my head. We were talking about the food banks and the toy drives. And all I got to say is, you know, they're volunteer funded, you know, they're volunteer driven, yeah. you know, and, you know, when you walk in and, it, you know, I know for me, I was feeling down. I was feeling low at that point in time. The volunteers are so, so nice. You know, they don't look down on you. They don't talk down to you. They're there to lift you up, you know, and uh, that's just from my experience. So that I just wanted to give props out to the volunteers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know at least at the two food banks that I used to volunteer at, um, I used to volunteer at a lot of stuff, but now I'm old and tired and in my pajamas at 6.15. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't volunteer at as much stuff anymore, um, but they're all just great people who just want to help people. Right. And, and some of them are like, hey, uh, like at the blessing board, the people I talk to there are like, hey, I just want to help people. I just want to do, you know, uh, show people, you know, the love of Christ and be a blessing to people. Uh, because other people in my life have been a blessing to me, and uh, yeah, no one, no one is there to look down on anyone right. or demean anyone. Uh, they're actually there to try to encourage and lift people up. So Amen. Definitely appreciate. Amen. That. We definitely should be grateful for all the volunteers at all the food banks and toy drives and all that stuff. Um, and are grateful for all the people who take the time to donate to those things. And yeah. And two, just, you know, real quick ending top, you know, you don't have to like, you don't have to be alone or be afraid that nobody out there is going to care. You know, you can even put a pot of coffee on, a pot of tea, hot chocolate, come in, my door's open, let's sit down and talk. You don't have to believe in the God I believe in. You don't have to be an alcoholic, drug addict, gambler. You could just be a single mom or a dad struggling. Yeah. You know, my I have a two-year-old. I work. I help. I need adult conversation. You know, I, I think the main thing is never to feel alone and desperate. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to pray for mm-hmm. you guys, for your group tonight, and for all the people out there who may be struggling and feeling alone. God, we lift up um, Adam and Heather to you. So grateful uh, for what you're doing through them and the people that you're helping through them. Uh, We continue to pray uh, for this ministry. We continue to pray for those people who may walk into these doors, that they experience the love of Christ and the love of the other people here. Uh, We pray for those who are afraid to walk into these doors. Uh, We pray that you would strengthen them, you would encourage them. We pray that, as, as has been stated, that they realize they are not alone. And that the people that are in this room and around these tables are not here to judge them, not here to ridicule them, but here to encourage them and support them and lift them up. And God, we thank you for all the volunteers at the food banks and the toy drives and uh, all those people who take their time to pour into the lives of others and to lift up and encourage others and be there for others. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.